everybody, it's Mike. Once again, our presenting sponsor is Samuel Adams, my hometown beer. They have summer ale. I didn't know what summer tasted like until I had that summer ale, and then I was like, oh, that's what it tastes like. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really happy that we have a partnership with Samuel Adams because they're doing this really positive thing to support restaurant workers right now in, in an industry that is really struggling from COVID. They teamed up with the nonprofit Greg Hill Foundation to form the Restaurant Strong Fund to support restaurant workers. You can support that effort at samueladams.com. And now the show. Hey, everybody. Our guest today is Melissa Villasenor. Uh, She's a comedian and writer. She's also a visual artist. She's a fascinating person. You can see her stuff on Instagram. She has multiple accounts, a comedy Instagram, a visual art Instagram. Uh, She's on Saturday Night Live. She's an amazing cast member on Saturday Night Live. We had a great chat. I hope you enjoy. Melissa Villasenor. Good to hear you, Mike. It's good to hear you. It's yeah. uh, it's always good to see you in New York and uh, at the at the Comedy Cellar. And then I, it was funny because I was remembering today that you and I two years ago did a stand up and vote show together at Hamilton College, uh, registering young people to vote. And it was you. That's was right. You. That was so fun. <laughs> it was really fun. It was you and me. It was Phoebe Robinson and Gary Gullman, I think was the was the lineup. Yep. Yep. And mm-hmm. then you that was, that was and then us. you had another gig. I don't even I don't even know if you heard about this. You had another gig, I think, at UPenn the next night. And, but then we took the tour bus back to New York and the tour bus broke down. Oh gosh. What happened then? You, Where did you You dodged a bullet? Bus broke down. It reached a point where we're on the side of the highway in New Jersey for like a couple of hours, I think. Oh. And um, I think it was me and Phoebe were the the last ones. And we got an Uber from, wait for it, the highway. <laughs> <laughs> you, know how, you know how hard it is to get an Uber from the highway? Because oh, there's overpasses man. and underpasses and you're sort of going like... We're between this exit and this exit. I yeah, mean, it there's was, no address. Yes. That's wild. Yeah, it Man. was it was brutal. But I really miss seeing you in New York at the Comedy Cellar. I always, you're one of the people who, when, when we're on the same shows together, I'm always happy to see your name because I'm like, ah. oh, I'm going to watch you. And it's and yeah. you're just like, you make me, you make me laugh harder than, uh, oh my than almost gosh. any comedian. That's so, that's an honor. Thanks. Wow. So with this podcast, we have this thing, it's called the slow round. And it's basically like a speed round, but it's slow. And so one of the questions I ask people is, um, do you have a smell that you remember from your childhood? Okay, wait, wait, how old are we talking? Because there's a lot of smells for different ages. Um, that is so true. You can say any number of smells. So you can, you can track the smells okay, through the years. Okay, great, great, great. <laughs> I feel like when I was seven years old or eight, I loved the smell of new carpet. Love it. Same here. It's, it smells so good. And if I take a whiff of new carpet today, I, I, I really light up. I light up the room. Um, <laughs> but I used to, this is real gross, but 
I would lick carpet too if I was like at a family member's house because I like the sensation on my tongue. Oh that's my so gosh, gross. that's too good. And yeah, no, that's but think great. of all the shoes and the then the bare feet. Ew. I was oh a little gosh. we're nasty, you know? We're nasty. <laughs> People. I wonder what it is though, because I have I have new carpet. In yeah. one of the episodes, I talk about the new carpet smell too. There's something in that new carpet. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be some. I mean, it's got to be some chemical, right? Like it can't be. Yeah, some, yeah. It's probably bad. Yeah, it's probably not good. Naturally, <laughs> it's not a naturally occurring uh, carpet in nature smell. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh god. If we could just make that carpet smell into a cologne. Yeah, I would be all over that person. <laughs> if we could if we could bottle carpet, <laughs> we'd be billionaires, Melissa. You and me. Yes. We're taking this we're taking Let's this long. For bigly envious senior made a carpet smelling <laughs> cologne. <laughs> so you said through the ages you had different smells. You had carpet oh, yeah. when you were no, young. No, they're all popping up on um, thinking of them right now. I mean most of them are kind of a little nasty. I mean, when I was in high school, I had a, a one of the headgears that wrapped around the back of my neck with my braces, mm. and yeah. that it had this cloth. And you know, when you when you sleep, you sweat at a certain point in the night. Yeah. So yeah. throughout the nights, my sweat would dry up on this cloth, and then I oh would sniff it. Oh my gosh, smell. that's a good one. I like the smell of my back, my back of my neck sweat. That makes me think of when I broke my wrist in grade school, and cast. you have I had a cast, Ooh. and then I, and then and then you sm- smelling the area underneath the cast. Oh, it's that same. It's that same sort of like sweat or hair skin thing. Man, what was that like? I've never had a cast before. What what happens when you had an itch in there? Did you get a like a when knife had, or not a you, knife? A freaking uh, maybe a chopstick and <laughs> scratch it. I think I, ha- I I think at one point I made the mistake of trying to scratch an itch with a pen, and the cap ended up <laughs> stuck, stuck in, in my in my cast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. I, I was never, I've never been known for my grace. I'm not graceful. I think I, I think I'm quite graceful. I was thinking about, <laughs> I think I am. Um, Are you really? You're saying that earnestly you're more graceful? I, I will say, I take care of things that I have. I'm very gentle, a gentle hand. Wow. You clearly have good hands because you're an excellent uh, visual artist. Thanks, Mike. It's been just blooming for me over here with art ideas. I love it. So I've just been soaking it in, like, and they kind of strike at me in the morning, usually, um, or sometimes when I'm asleep, and then I have to, and I just get to it. But I usually see the image pop up in my mind, and then that's it. I really don't do anything. Well, other than wow. ask, other than ask out loud, like I'll say, uh, this is something I do, but before bed, I'll say, angels, send me a idea for this topic to oh draw. Gosh. And then poof, it appears when you ask. Do you really? I'm serious. I'm not a, yeah, I'm a very serious. And do you, do you believe in angels? I, you know what? Lately, yes. Yep. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't, and, and I'm not saying that as a leading question that I, that I don't believe in angels, but I, 
I'm fascinated by people who f- who feel strongly that they believe in uh, an other thing that is not we can't see or touch. I just think there's some energy that I that it's like, well, where did this come from? When I really ask for help or something, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in angels. I'm not sure. I don't know if I believe in anything, to be honest with you. But but uh, <laughs> in this in this year, <laughs> I, I think know. all bets are off. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but but it's... that being said, I will say as as a writing tip, uh, if, if anyone's listening who's a writer, if you're you're stuck at a plot point or you can't quite convert something into a sketch or a stand-up idea, is ask, like you're saying, ask yourself the question before you go to bed. A lot of times your subconscious does a lot of work for you in your sleep. Oh, okay, so you do that too. You just kind of said, uh, go, go to sleep and like let it work. I do it, uh, to, uh, I do it to atheism. Yeah, well, that's fine. No, but I do, but an, it, athe- I do but it, an atheist version of it. No, which I, is, uh, I love that. I, to myself, I, to myself. But, I, but yeah. I think it's just like when you're just telling your brain what it is and then it does it. I, well, I used to pray a lot as a child. Um, were you raised I, Catholic like me? Yeah. Or, yeah same. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so so you, did you, were, all, you did all the sacraments, huh? I did the sacraments except confirmation. I did confession. Okay. I did uh, reconciliation. I did not do... Uh, confirmation. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you do confirmation? Were you, are you confirmed I had to. As a Catholic? Yes, I am. Yeah. You know, I had no choice. But... <laughs> because because you're, you're strict parents? Is that why? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is there ever anything on SNL where you're cringing because you know they're going to watch and you're like, oh, that's maybe crossing a line for them? I think they've come a long way to where they're actually cool with me getting edgy now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think they are. They, I know, you know what? I had a treehouse show Friday. I performed at a, my, my friend's treehouse in saw, the backyard. I saw, in your, and, uh, I saw on your Instagram and it was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I dropped some, a couple, sh- you know, shits. Not the poop, but word. I say shit <laughs> and then I'll say, you know, I'll say bitch and... Um, Sure. And, you know, just random because it's special when I do because of my voice. I really don't have a a voice that seems like I curse so much, you know. Right. But it's, right. It's so fun when I'm just like, what the fuck? It kind of comes out. It's <laughs> it's like really it's so much fun too, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a little kid that's like, oh, I could say this, and I even think that yeah. people that want that who, sometimes people feel they can't curse near me. I feel like maybe that's an energy I have. It's. I'm very innocent or something. <laughs> I don't know. I think I do. I think I have the same thing. I think I'm similar. You're, I think I, I, think yes, similar I could see that for you too. Yeah. Yeah. People are probably like, oh, Mike, what a, what a sweetheart. Don't, don't ever say that word. <laughs> yeah. Don't say that word. Don't say these words around Michael Berbiglia. <laughs> yeah. I think I have that effect. <laughs> Do you have a memory from childhood that when you think about it now still makes you cringe? I mean, I think when I was a freshman in high school, I couldn't have a boyfriend or date, you know, and I remember always calling the guy that I liked that was my brother's friend and I would call him after he got off the Wi-Fi, which was usually at like 3 a.m. At 3 a.m. at his house. Oh. And wow. I would call him 
with my prepaid phone and I got in so much trouble because I kept calling his number so many times and it it, it popped out on the paper in the mail what number I called. And I called him because I didn't want to. I didn't want to wake up my parents, so I called him un- in the cabinet underneath the sink in my restroom because <laughs> my room oh was right my next to my parents. Gosh. Oh God, I hated that time. So you were underneath the sink mm-hmm. in the bathroom. Correct. Yeah, because my parents' room was right next next to my sister and I our room, so I didn't. I I feel like I'm older than you are, and so I was more of a landline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generation. We, mm-hmm. well, so, well, we had landline too, and I think I called him a few times there, but I'd watch to make sure my mom was still watering the plants outside to when I'd make that call. I, I swear that there's nothing more mortifying than you're talking to someone who you have a crush on, and and like your you know your mom gets on the phone and it's like Michael, are you oh, on the telephone? No, mom, mom, <laughs> no. I'm on the phone. <laughs> There's something where your voice peaks at. I'm on the phone. I'm on the, I'm on the phone. phone. <laughs> How about this? Because I have, for me, I have. Have you ever gotten punched in the face? Which I what I have a bunch of times when I was in Catholic high school. Um, but have you ever gotten like a fi- a fist fight or like a physical fight? Um, in high school, yeah, kind of. Uh, not nothing. No punch in the face, but I have pushed, <laughs> I have pulled hair, I have, yeah. um, I, I, I think I punched a girl on the, her head in choir oh, class because wow. she took my pen and she, oh, wow. she said, let me borrow it and grabbed it. And I was like, no, you're going to wait till I'm done and then maybe I'll let you borrow it. And then she grabbed my shirt from the collar Okay, that was my uniform shirt. <laughs> and, I, and I said in the least confident way, fuck, fuck you. And I punched. Oh, my God. And I, <laughs> I swear, but it wasn't committed, which sucks <laughs> to not oh commit to the word fuck you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. That's so funny. But yeah, nothing too crazy. No, I, I was I was too scared. It was a, um, and if that's I pretty, if, if I ever did get in a fight, I would end up crying because that's just how. I, even when I get angry today, it's just it, it eventually just turns into tears, which is good. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. You know. it's like a good sa- it's a good safety. Yeah, because then you realize, oh, she's actually just hurt. It's really not yeah. only anger. Mm. It's interesting that crying somehow resolves the anger in some ways. Cause that's how I am like, I, this is a little bit of a jump in an analogy, but like I write in my journal. That's sort of how a lot of my material is, yeah. is formed. But I, um, it, a lot of it is when I'm angry. I'm right, yeah. I, write, I just write, I just write and I write, I write, I'm I furiously know. write. And then, and then it, it, the anger breaks often into emotion. And it's like, like you're saying, like it, it's, it's, it reveals it's, itself. Instead of anger, it's like tears, right. yeah. That's awesome. That's so good. I'm proud of you. <laughs> There's something to it. No, it's great because you're in but touch you, with your being, you know, letting it all come out. Do you think that you get that out of your drawings? Oh, big time. I feel like such a big shared emotion. And when I share it, I feel 
uh, I'm helping others because it helped me too. And then also when I, when I draw something that's meaningful or, or whatever I'm feeling, I've, I'm so zoned in on the paper, everything becomes kind of just, I'm in the paper, I'm in the lines and it just so, right. it feels so good. Yeah. It's really cathartic. It's, yeah. That, it's so funny you should say that. Cause I, sometimes I think people, people say to me things like, like, are you embarrassed that you confess these things on stage and whatever? And it's, and, and I'm like, I'm so many, at this point, I'm so many years past embarrassed. Yeah, no, it's, it's not even, it's also just, this is your story. And I, I love, that's my favorite stuff now is like when I'm digging and using what's around me, my, my self observations, my family, and I, it just makes me feel more special because it's your own unique story. I, I love it. I, the only problem I, the only worry I have is if I, if I hurt anyone that I know by using yes. the, uh, the truth, but that's kind of what we yes. do. I mean, we are, we just watch and observe and kind of little, little shit talkers in a way. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> totally. we're talking, totally. I mean, but that's where I remember someone, I think it was Argus Hamilton at the concert told me with the crowd when I would get nervous he said, just see the crowd as your best friend that you would tell all your secrets to. And I was like, oh, whoa. But, I, but that helped change my mindset. So when I go on stage, I'm like, oh, these are my friends. One, one, one time I was, uh, I was opening for Tom Papa very early in my Aww, career. And, he's the best. And he's so nice. And he, he gave me this tip that I used ever since, which is like, if you feel like you're losing the audience, focus on talking to just one person in the audience. Oh, that's good. I'm writing that down. Tom Papa said, if you feel like you're losing Isn't audience. that smart? And you know what? That always helps me be present too when I stare at someone's eyes because sometimes yes. I'm up in the clouds, I'm going through the bits, and then I'm a robot, and then I'm like, okay, let's breathe. Let's look at <laughs> yeah, some people, yeah, yeah. you know? And then it, it really, yeah. that's great. So I'm working on this bit, um, and it's, uh, I think it's beca because I've been staying in Rhode Island in the suburbs. My brother and sister both live with their families in Rhode Island, and so we wanted to be nearby them. Oh, that's nice. And so it's, it's been really sweet. Um, my daughter gets to see her cousins, which is a really special thing. Mm -hmm. And um, But it reminds me of, gr of growing up because I'm in the suburbs and like I grew up in the suburbs and um, I wrote this down. I, I go, we had these neighbors growing up uh, and I, I'll say a fake name, last name, because I don't want to say their real name. I'll say the Murphys. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was, it was okay. an, Irish, <laughs> an Irish last name. <laughs> and I think they had five teenage daughters and uh, no parents. Or they had parents, but I never really saw the parents. Okay. Uh, we we basically grew up next to the movie Virgin Suicides. And, but then when I mentioned this to my sister Gina, she goes, they were a little bit more like the Kardashians because I don't think they were virgins. And their boyfriends who had these loud trans ams and they would come over and they'd make out with the girls like all the time. And they had four cats who would roam around the neighborhood and sneak into our garage and copulate in the attic. And mm -hmm. so the cats were copulating in the attic and the Murphys were copulating in the Trans Amps. Wait, wait, hold and up, so hold then, up. What's Trans Am? 
Oh, I'm sorry, Trans Am. It's actually <laughs> helpful to know. Trans Am was, the, I grew up in the 80s and it was sort of a lo-fi Corvette or something, oh. like a car, like a fancy-ish okay. car. Okay. Trans Ams. Wow. Oh my God. You know, so- <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always trying to understand, you know, that's why I work out bits with friends. I'm always trying to understand which uh, references make sense and which ones don't. Yeah. But, uh, but the point is we had uh, cats copulating in the attic and, and Murphy's copulating in cars. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so, we had, so we ended up having like 25 or 30 cats living in our attic. Oh my and gosh. It was a, it was it wasn't I'm exaggerating, but it was a lot, you know. And my mom hated cats, and my mom is so sweet, and she doesn't hate anything. <laughs> and and but when she would see the cats, and this might be an incorrect memory, but it's how I it's how I remember it. She would literally audibly say, "I hate cats," the same way that Indiana Jones says, "I hate snakes." Uh-huh. And I always I always thought that that was an odd screenwriting choice, having him say, "I hate snakes." I feel like all we need is the visual of a snake. And sort of his face hating snakes, and we were like, we get it. So the stray cats belonged to these stray kids who had no parents, and uh, and um, so they would like they, they would make out a lot with their boyfriends. These these teenage girls. My friend Leslie, who lived across the street, she and I would spy on them, and we would laugh. We were like seven years old. We'd like laugh and laugh, <laughs> and sometimes we would hide in the bushes and stare, and. And then we'd step out from behind the bush and we would go, one, two, three, you're kissing. And then we'd run away. What the hell? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's a bit that uh, that's all I have so far. But I was, I don't know, I was just thinking about my neighbors and how it's funny how growing up when you're kids, you just see, I don't know if it's Catholic or whatever, but in some ways you just have this shame yeah. about sex and kissing, and then for whatever reason, it manifested itself, at least with me and Leslie, where we were trying to shame other people (laughs) for kissing. But kissing's beautiful. (laughs) Is there anything anything you're working on that you want to Oh, man. So, well, with my bits, they're way different, which is really cool. We both have our strengths. I have... They're super short, and a lot of them are premises. That's great. That's but great. But I, okay, let's see. There's, there's one I did a video of where I said, there's this commercial out right now where this lady has such a phony voice, and it really upsets me. She On the radio, she'll go, we want to thank all of the people that are taking care of us during this time, all of the... <laughs> uh, uh, or what did she say? The we are it's something like we are in this together. We thank all of the first responders, and we will get through this together. I think it's like for a market, and I'm just sitting there like, no, you're that's not nice. Your voice is just. And are you trying to make love to me? Yes, <laughs> that's the plan. It's just so it's it's so corny. Um, it's so funny. So, yeah, but that's just like real short. But okay, let me look at, I have my oh, list Oh, that's here. really funny. Well, you know, it speaks to this thing I always, it drives me crazy in commercials or movies, which is like the saccharine, like the perfect voice, the perfect voice, yeah. the perfect yeah. everything. And it's like, I when I see that, I just can't relate to it at all. 
No, I know. They should have me on there and be like, we're, we're really thankful. Thank you so much. We, <laughs> yes. we need to, we're, let's be strong and get through this, man. Like, that's how I would want to say it. But <laughs> this is just Things a little are, more. But That's um, really funny, man. though. Maybe that's, where the, maybe that's where the bit goes is like, yeah. if, I, if, they, if they hired me, here's what I would do. Right. And, yeah, and see, now that's kind of a perfect opportunity. Sometimes my brain goes, oh, what impression could I place there? But sometimes it's, it, it could be me, you know, or it could be someone in my life. It doesn't need to always be a celebrity impression. You well, know. you know what? You know, would be a you know might be a funny uh, invert inversion mm. of it is um is, is like is like why don't you hire me and I'll be in my treehouse and I'll be like I'm performing in a treehouse. That's how bad things are, but we're all gonna get through this together. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm writing that. Okay, that's good. I'm in a treehouse. I'm on a baseball field. This isn't an ideal situation, but we're all going to get through this together. (laughs) We don't have to use our fake calm voice. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, she really bugged me. And and then you start crying. (laughs) Okay, wait, that's really good. Um, they should have me do and the radio. You just start crying, and I just go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and the commercial just goes so long, I'm like oh shit. <laughs> and then it cut, and then it, and then it cuts to black. Yeah. <laughs> and the oh, music man. stops mid note, and it cuts to black, <laughs> and you can't tell whether your TV's broken or not. I love that. Um, okay. So that's that one. Okay. This, this is something I'd love your help on. Actually, there's two important ones. I'd love your help on. All right. So I've been taking guitar lessons. Okay. And he's a phenomenal guitarist. He, he, um, plays a Spanish guitar really well and he'll, uh, and he has a vo- uh, accent. I'm trying to, I can't remember exactly where he's from, but he's the best. Um, but sometimes, you know, guitar teachers mid-lesson, they just kind of go off and show off. The <laughs> and then I just feel dumb. I'm just like, that, that hurts. <laughs> I'm barely on, you know, and... <laughs> right. Right. But it also, it's like, man, that what you just did right now, there should be lyrics attached with that. Just like, you're never going to get to this level of guitar playing. <laughs> um, so that's oh, one part I of the bit. It. And then also, so it, I noticed I have Skype lessons with him and he's got an accent. And I noticed that I struggle if the voice is too calming, I tend to get sleepy. So... Oh my God. This might be an issue for going forth. Like his voice, it's like, now, Melissa, what you want to do is the hand placement. You want to practice having the fingers land on the chords all at the same time. So it's that <laughs> the almost, whole time. I'm almost, by the way, I'm almost asleep. Yeah. And he, <laughs> and he always relates the notes to colors. He'll go, the way I see it is the colors of the notes. 
and I and I and I get sleepy. So it's almost like I, you know what? I gotta change it up. Let him go and get a guitar teacher that has a real screechy voice. Like, then you strum it and you something like a Gilbert Godfrey or something, but something that's like ingrained in rail and it like scrapes my brain when I hear the voice. Like, and it's almost like hands on the thing on the. Put the capo on the fifth fret, okay? <laughs> I don't know. That's good. I don't know what to do with that, but I kind of think that's the way to go. That I also think like it's very funny when you say that he <laughs> goes off on his own. Yeah, he does. Riffs. Like, yeah, and it really like it hurts. Fr- every, it hurts every time. Well, by the way, <laughs> it's but and by the way, it's also like no disrespect to him. This is me saying it, not you. But it's a little bit like. Are you trying to sleep with me? Like, are you trying to impress me with your guitar skills? I am paying you for this lesson. You, you're not allowed to hit on me. That's really funny. Yeah. And also, like, there's a there's a way in which, like, like just the analogy of bringing it to somewhere else. It's like you, you know, (laughs) you don't show up to the first day of space camp you know, to learn from an astronaut. And they're like, so what I do, and then they're like, three, two, one, and then they're gone. (laughs) You're like, come back. I thought you were going to teach me how to fly a rocket. (laughs) That's hilarious. Can I use that, please? Please. Holy smokes, that's so funny. That's really I had funny. A few, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, David Sedaris was on, and he said this line. We're talking about YMCA swimming pool, and he said this <laughs> line about uh, about because I my new show is called the YMCA pool, and I talk about it extensively. And he said this line about how in London, every once in a while, when he goes to the YMCA pool, they'll blow the whistle because someone has shit in the pool. And I laughed so hard at that. And then I was, I've been writing for months and I've been working on this metaphor, which is the YMCA pool is a great metaphor for existence because it's filled with people who are trying to stay in their lane, but no one stays in their lane. And sometimes it feels enormous, but it's actually quite limited. Right. And there are wealthy people and unwealthy people and all races and genders. And there are healthy people and unhealthy people and everyone's sort of naked. I mean, not technically, but we could sort of imagine people without the little tuft of fabric. And there's a lifeguard who's sort of like the president. And we probably shouldn't trust the lifeguard. And there are rules, but clearly some people don't follow the rules. And it was founded as a Christian men's organization, but the Christian and the men part has fallen away. And there are elderly people and middle-aged people and really elderly people and kids. And no matter what you do or what you say, at some point, someone will shit in the pool. <laughs> so that's that's the bit that I wrote. And 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 then I I but then I was like, oh wait, but he said that right. on this show. And so I emailed him actually this morning. Yeah. And I said, hey, I wrote this thing. And uh and he wrote back to me and it was so sweet. He goes, No, it would never occur to me. Uh that I own the idea of shitting in a pool. Uh, <laughs> but that's if, really... If you're talking... He yeah. goes, the rest of his email, I'm reading it. He, the rest of his email is, 
If you're talking about the why, it's bound to come up. It's in the air. I don't have any claim on it. I would be puzzled if you didn't mention it. And then he writes, and also, you should include this too because it's fascinating. A lot of people shit in the showers at the Y. <laughs> and, then he, and then he says, ask the staff and they'll tell you it's shocking. Sincerely, David Sedaris. That's so great. It's really generous. That's, but you know, that that's, I'm that way too, or it could be something so far off and you're like, oh, but they mentioned it, but he's, that's, that's so cool. That's fun. I'm glad you could but add it, which that. Is all, which, which is all to say, please use that. I would be honored. Yeah. I, I, you know. That's awesome. I yes. mean, I'd be thrilled. Taking a quick break to send a shout out to one of our sponsors, audible.com. I love audible.com. I use it all the time. My book is on it, the new one, with my wife, Jen, read by me and Jen. Uh, you can get on Audible. As a matter of fact, you can get a free trial by clicking on audible.com slash Burbigs or texting Burbigs to 500-500. Free trial, one free book. It could be our book or Mary Carr's or David Sedaris. Audible.com slash Burbigs. This is a premise, and I don't know where to go with it. My mom, uh, so, you know, I'll see my parents once in a while, thankfully. So um, I go to their house and sometimes if I just sit in a room in a house, I can hear my mom walking around talking to herself, just random words of like things she's got to do, but she'll just say a couple words and it, like she'll walk around and I'll hear her go, I got to go to the P.O. box. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) <laughs> Lori, God, Lori calls. Oh Lori calls too much. Oh my this God. printer, just I can't. My back. Okay, so I that that it makes me want to be a, like a detective, like Sherlock Holmes, and just write down all of the clues and figure out what's oh going gosh. on. So that's so funny. So I just kind of write down like she goes, "Oh, Lori, texting me, Lori." <laughs> oh, so she's, there's a lorry in her life. And I kind of just write it down. And then maybe the end result is like, I have this long story I've made up. Like, so Lori has a package for you at the P.O. box. And it couldn't be a bomb, <laughs> but you don't want to go. And then maybe my mom at the end's like, ah, you know, <laughs> something. But I don't know. But it was just like, because she just talks so much to herself. Um, oh, so, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know where, I, I just don't know what to do if, about the it. Other thing is, the detective thing is funny. And then the, the other thing is like, is like, if you talk to her while she was talking to herself, uh-huh. would it be like waking someone up from a dream? Right. You'd be like, you just like, you like get into her personal space and go like, what is going on with Laurie? She'd be like, wow. He's like, no one's supposed to talk to me when I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I like that sound though. Ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've interrupted my thought flow. Yeah. 
I yeah, was having funny. a conversation with myself. <laughs> I'm going to write it down. <laughs> no, this is good. This is awesome, Mike. Man, this is Oh, good. Me, That's the goal. Yeah. It's like your tree, it's like your tree house. So my wife Jen and I wrote this book, and it's uh, it's the new one, Which Painfully I True Stories from Reluctant Dad. Yes. Oh yeah, and it's uh, and I encourage people who are listening to this to get it at your local bookstore because most of them, like same thing with groceries, same thing with a lot of things, are doing curbside. They're doing their best to do curbside, and so yeah. support your local bookstore because you want them to exist in yeah. a year from now. That's true. That's the way to do it. Um, but but anyway, so I followed a bunch of them on Instagram because my wife and I decided we're going to do a virtual book reading tour because she's a poet and I'm a comedian and we're calling it the Jokes and Poems Virtual Tour. Yay. And we're doing one with like 20 different bookstores. Awesome. And, um, <clears throat> but what I found out, there's a big universe of, of, of Twitter and Instagram of, of bookstores. I started following a lot of them and I, I, I didn't know that there are so many feminist bookstores but i was i was thinking that they should just call them bookstores because if you can read the odds are you're a feminist and if you're a feminist the odds are you hang out at bookstores <laughs> also the last thing we should be discouraging people who aren't feminists to do is not read <laughs> I feel like we're really putting the nails in the coffin on the non-feminists. Like, oh yeah, you don't like women? Well, I don't think you should read. <laughs> the only bookstore that isn't a feminist bookstore is an adult bookstore, uh, which which just sells porn. Um, so we have uh, feminist bookstores, and they're they're pretty much just bookstores with books, and then adult bookstores, and they just they have uh, porn. But I'm starting to think feminists should take over the word adult based on the two offerings. Like, I think they have a rightful ownership over the word adult in that yeah. case. <laughs> uh, but then the, the adult bookstores would be furious if they did that. Like when World Wrestling had to give back the acronym WWF to the World Wildlife Foundation. Like, you had to see that coming. <laughs> the, wild, the Wildlife Foundation's a bunch of nerds. They spend all their time on rare, endangered animals. They definitely have the skills to fill out the trademark forms. Yeah. And the WWF guys are like, forms? What forms? I'm going to pile drive you if you fill out that form. And the wildlife people are like, right, and then we'll sue you. And the, and the wrestling people are like, we have Triple H. He's a lawyer. And we're, they're like, uh, he's not a lawyer. Uh, he's sort of like a fake businessman, actor, wrestler thing. If you want to bring him to court, that's fine. But I don't know what will happen. Anyway, we're the WWF. See you soon. So there's uh, so there's the point is there's adults and there's feminists uh, and it actually reminds me of the time I stayed at a bed and breakfast. I was on the road and I decided instead of a hotel I'd stay at a bed and breakfast. And I opened the uh, the welcome packet and it said uh, this bed and breakfast is gay friendly. And I thought, isn't oh my that God. the idea of the bed and breakfast? I'm pretty sure a bed and breakfast that isn't gay friendly is a haunted house. And that—that's sort of the end of the bit. I don't. Yeah. It doesn't have a natural. It doesn't have a natural ending, but it's sort of like 
I call it uh, uh, feminist bookstores and gay-friendly B&Bs. That, that's that run. It's, it's shaky at first, but it's sort of fun. Like, it heats up with the WWF analogy. Yes, I got that. Um, and by the way, I had to look up all of those WWF references. The the, the wrestling references, I, I didn't know those. Oh. Like, I didn't know who, like... Triple H was, or like what pile driving is, or whatever. Oh, yeah, I don't know any of that. So, what we do to wrap up is we do this thing called working it out for a cause, where uh, if you, uh, you can choose to shine a light on a nonprofit or a charity that you feel like is doing good work right now. Ooh. I say you can donate to Rock the Vote. That's a great one. And, and that goes back to our origin story of, of doing a stand-up and vote show at <laughs> Hamilton College many years ago. That was fun. That was such a good show. Awesome. To, to people who don't know, Rock the Vote is a nonpartisan, nonprofit dedicated to registering voters, building the political power of young people. You can visit them at rockthevote.org. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, thanks, Melissa, for for being on Working It Out. I feel like we got some good bits going today. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm really stoked about the ones. You're the best. You really helped me. I got to call you more when I have bits I'm working on. Because that's, you make, you see it differently. You you get the pieces that I need help on. That's great. Call me anytime. And yeah, and come come back on the show. Hell yeah. uh, and, and, And I hope that. I hope I'm able to visit the treehouse soon. Yes, you will. Working it out, cause it's not done. Working it out, cause there's no So that's another episode of Working It Out with Melissa Villasenor. You can follow her comedy Instagram at at Melissa V Comedy or her visual art Instagram at Melissa V Art. The producers of Working It Out are Peter Salamone and Joseph Perbiglia, consulting producer Seth Barish. Sound mix by Kate Belinsky, assistant editor Mabel Lewis. Thanks to my consigliere, Mike Berkowitz, as well as Marissa Hurwitz. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff for our music. Jack's full-time job, as you know, is scoring this show. But this week he had a small side project come out uh, with an up-and-coming talent named Taylor Swift, I think. We wish them the best. As always, a very special thanks to my wife, J-Hope Stein, Our book, the new one, is in your local bookstore. We're doing virtual bookstore events across America called Jokes and Poems. The official virtual announcement will be made on my mailing list this week. Are you signed up? If not, you should sign up. All the emails are written by me and they're fun. As always, a special thanks to my daughter, Una, who created a radio fort this week with the help of One Fresh Pillow, who has been listening to the podcast sent along some free pillows. They're very comfortable. They're very sound absorbent. Una, what do you think of the pillows? They're really soft, and they also have little pillowcases. Once again, our thanks to Sam Adams, who is presenting the Restaurant Strong Fund. Join them today at samueladams.com. Thanks most of all to everyone who is listening to our Labor of Love podcast. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we're working it out.